0: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night welcome welcome to another episode of myth take a fresh take on ancient myths I'm Allison. And I'm Darren. And we are your hosts for
1: this delightful
0: podcast. Ah, yes. And first off... (laughs) Why are you laughing?
1: It's It's delightful. I I just never introduce (laughs) anything as delightful. It's delightful. sounds like a a, breakfast croissant or something. Okay, yeah, good. First off, I would like
0: to extend a big welcome to our new listeners that we have picked up since our last episode. Um, uh, Many of you may have come to us from... The History of Ancient Greece with Ryan Stitt, and thanks for giving our podcast a try, so mm-hmm. welcome aboard.
1: That's right. Lend me your ears. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this
1: episode,
0: we are not looking at a specific Greek myth, but we are looking at... Aquaman. Yes. hmm you sound too enthousi- enthusiastic. Well, I, I was just like
1: kind of thrown for a bit because we're not really looking into a Greek myth, but it is Greek myth. So, yes, right? it's
0: got lots of it's got a nice right. mess of pretty much everything. Yeah, a it's a real bit of everybody, real stew. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think there's something for everybody in, in that myth, that story, and hopefully in this podcast this evening.
0: And spoiler alert if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know what happens, then, then don't listen to this don't yet. Quite <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. All right. So what did you think of it, Darren?
1: Well, I, you know, I was, I was uh, first a little hesitant to go and see it because the, I was, you know, worried how well it was going to do and would it come off hokey and all the stuff that's floating around about Aquaman and da-da-da. But then as the time got closer, I was like, you know what, it's doing well, you know, let's go and let's see it and see what's there, right, and, and have some fun. So I liked it. I, I, I'm going to give it um, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I would agree with you. Um, I don't come from
0: an, ex- as an extensive background of comic book superhero stories as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very much enjoyed it. Sure. And I loved the uh, visual effects. Okay. They were super cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, They're it. just super cool. Was... They were, and and I think I I think I said that for me that was the most kind of underwhelming part because you almost expect that now as a default yeah. for those to be competent, and it's really when you're dealing with something fantastic and that whole idea of suspension of disbelief for people that are used to like watching fiction or watching comic book movies or science fiction or anything that is is sort of em- imaginative, you really develop that as a muscle, so it's really hard right to not. So you just sort of watch it and you're like, okay, that's cool. And then now let's watch it for what we're really here to see, right? Is it going to be good? Is a plot going to be good? Are the characters going to be good? Is it going to have mythical, classical, Greco-Roman elements that we would recognize? Is it going to be entertaining? Like, is, is it whatever, right? So I, 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 But I will agree that the visual effects were stunning.
0: Well, and I think part of the reason that the visual effects caught my eye so much is that this is set underwater. Yeah. And that's not a usual thing. I think the last movie I saw that was set underwater was Finding Nemo. Um, And that was a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like usually, you know, it's like outer space or it's above ground um, and the sea just becomes a a dumping dumping space. Yeah. Um, So... It was just really cool to see how they handled the underwater and the people kind of floating and yeah, their that, hair that kind that was of floating neat, in the water. That was a
1: neat transition. Yeah. I think that right after it, I had commented on the fact that how quickly you became... Um, like at First, you were aware of the slightly floating nature of the characters and little bits of brine and stuff that would move about and the way their hair sort of fluctuated and then but then you just sort of saw past that and were immediately, you know, used to this this situation that might be jarring. I'm sure it's kind of a lot along the lines of the of the feeling that people got, you know, when they saw, you know, for the first time, depicted on the cinema screen the sort of zero gravity space effects of like a. Big budget sci fi movie from the 60s or the 50s, even, you know, like guys floating around and people like, wow, you know. And then, but now that's just sort of what you expect, right? But I like the way that it did it because it was, it's a different environment, right? Mm -hmm. For heroic action, one that is, we don't (laughs) really, I can't think of many examples. You know, there are a handful of Atlantean type movies, but yeah, it was really cool. I I like that a lot.
0: As we were watching it, I was kind of mentally ticking off my Joseph Campbell list yeah. in my head um, because we have many of those familiar hero uh, tropes that we see in every hero story. We've got the um, hero who in this case, not separated from his father, but is separated from his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, later we have the recognition scene and, um, oh, yeah. and and that was there a token. I don't think there was an actual token. Well, that yes, be- yes, there was a token because that was her, her trident. Yes. There that, were several. Yeah, that he had. Yeah. yeah. Um, You've got a very reluctant hero, someone who really does not want to be drawn into this conflict. Yes and no, but not actively.
1: Yeah, I, in in the main storyline, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, he, he takes some convincing to get involved in what's going on in Atlantis. Right. Um, in Atlantean
1: politics, exactly. Yeah, he has no desire to go back yeah. to the reluctant ocean. Reluctant king. Yeah. The reluctant yeah. king. He's yeah. a hero at the beginning, and in the middle, and at the end, but... Reluctant to enter into that, but he's a different kind of
0: hero. Like he starts at the movie as kind of that crime, uh, crime yes. fighting, the bad guys yes. kind of kind of hero, right? Yeah, um, kind of
1: in his own backyard, being the sea, close to home sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah.
0: And then he gets uh, pulled into the whole underwater. Right. Um, we have to save c- uh, civilization. We have to yes. save the world. Yeah, the world from it's this a global thing from yep. this conflict. Uh-huh. Um, and he had a really good line in there at one point. Wow, you remembered lions. Um, those, the effect, <laughs> <laughs> well, he tells, um, yeah, I remember lines, but I don't remember names. He tells okay, the, um, to Atlantean princess,
1: uh, to do it, Mur- uh, Mira, Mira. Thank yeah. you.
0: Um, he tells Mira that he doesn't play well with others oh <laughs> and, right and yes. i thought instantly of our, our the, friend achilles yes. who's kind of our archetypical yeah. hero who doesn't play well with others because yeah. that's actually something we see in greek mythology a lot is right. that the heroes are very independent solo uh, artists yeah. right and he and and we see that with with aquaman because he's very um he kind of goes about things his own way and makes yeah. things a little bit worse before he can make them Eventually, in the end, make, make, make them better. Make, it, make everything better.
1: Yes, and he does through his own actions activate his own villain as well, yeah. which is something that you see as a Campbellian trope. On occasion, the fusion between the villain and hero and protagonist and antagonist, those types of things, that's mirrors. And that that character too, uh, the Black Manta character, I, I kind of liked, but uh, it seemed. Um, Orbital, you know, like it wasn't really like a, it wasn't right in the heart of the story. It's kind of one of those things where they're suggesting where the story will go as they move into number two and, and so on. So yeah, it was, it was good. And it was that, um, in media res, it didn't start with, uh, well, it had his birth narrative, but those were, you know, things that were kind of included in the remembering scenes, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and we've got the, um, I mean, it's not a god and mortal, but we've got that kind of mixed marriage that he comes out yeah. of, and that's again um, in, in Greek mythology that made me think of a lot of what we see, like with Aphrodite and Anchises, for for, for example, where there's where there is this two different beings, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the case of Greek mythology, it's like a god and a mortal, right. and then you wind up with with a character. Mm-hmm. who is going to be destined for something interesting happening.
1: <laughs> sure, a fusion. I like that. Well, a demigod and you know, we can go right ahead yeah. and say that and like of course they don't they don't use the term demigods. The D C universe is a little bit different. They yeah. they they talk about metahumans which were human beings. And in this case that includes Atlanteans because Mira has pyrokinetic no, she has uh what's water again? Uh <laughs> Hydrokinetic, <laughs> hydrokinetic capacities like oh, yeah. superpowers as a meta human uh, and she's an Atlantean like the rest of them uh, and then uh, regular humans in this uh, world uh, some of them like Batman and flash for example uh, they they well not Batman but the flash for example is a meta human so in the DC world they have meta humans and in in the from the greco-roman or classical tradition uh, those being pick your term we would just call them demigods, for lack of a better term. Although gods don't appear directly, we were looking for gods. We yeah. We're looking for them. They're referenced a couple yeah. of times, but you don't really see any yeah. screen time from, you know, Neptune or something like that. If you're yeah, thinking Poseidon, Poseidon slash Neptune gets mentioned like, yeah. twice or yeah. They kind of low like, keyed that. That's yeah. that's okay because yeah. I think they they probably really played their classical hand with with Wonder Woman and went right to the Zeus and the daughter and all this stuff. So. Uh, that was not to be overdone. There is a different sort of uh, civilization, uh, mm-hmm. a sort of a different sort of uh, backdrop for, um, for for this film, for Aquaman, for Atlantis, and the humans, and so on. So it was really cool.
0: Um, coming back to Black Manta, yeah, um, I found that kind of interesting because we saw, uh, like it's set up at the beginning, that kind of our hero's flaw a little bit, in that he... Had the chance to save Black Manta's father and doesn't, yeah. and so I I I don't know if it really qualifies as as a hero, but we kind of see that weakness, that moment of weakness that's going to come back to haunt the hero yep. later in the movie because now he's created an enemy, so he's fighting two different battles mm-hmm. literally at, at the same time, um, and his, and I almost feel sorry for Black Manta mm-hmm. because he gets sucked into King king orm's um battle and he becomes a tool of king orm but i agree that his story is his his story is kind of secondary yeah um but but it's still necessary because the story needs somebody who can like like that that villain who can also go on land and king orm can't do that That's right. so yeah. so uh black manta bridges the two
1: worlds yeah between with, the, atlantean, yeah. the pure atlantean narrative and that of the, our world, yes. right? Our and, dry land civilization. Yeah.
0: yeah. So one of my favorite scenes was was the scene in Sicily. <clears throat> oh yeah. Okay. Um, and there um, is actually a great uh, Roman mythology reference there, of course, mm-hmm. um, if you know who the uh, first king of Rome was. Mm-hmm you can kind of solve solve the riddle yeah. but again we see we've, we've got the hero who is on a quest and he's got a riddle um, yeah. he's got a riddle that he's that that he has to solve yeah. and he is able to solve it just in time <laughs> sure um and then he, they kind of tank the tourism industry for this little yeah <laughs> this cute little sicilian took a, town. took a lot of battle damage um and yeah. it was interesting because the way that they did the did the scenes like especially yeah. when the, when um, Mira and Aquaman are running on rooftops and that kind of thing. Did you notice the shift in music there? Like, it almost... Like, the music, for me, anyway, almost took on... Like, a like it just had a little bit of, like, video game. Old-school video game oh, kind yeah. of element yeah. in the... At least that's what I thought. Okay. Anyway, our listeners can, can chime in. Yeah, it was very much almost Curtis like a run-and-gun kind but of... But it really looked like... It really reminded me of, like, the old-school video games where you're, like, running along and yeah. you're hopping over. and 16-bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Contra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But one thing I did like about it is that the... Uh, female character the female hero is is heroic in her own way and she's not um, like she is the necessary helper to Aquaman to get him through what he needs to do which is again we see that I mean classic example Medea helping Jason and and then you can argue who's really driving who's really driving the story then because Mm -hmm. would he like Aquaman wouldn't even be involved in this if Mira hadn't brought him in he would have died yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, she does. She does rescue him. Um, so I appreciate that we don't see the helpless princess. Yeah, no, trope. and
1: she is a princess too. Yeah. So they don't totally dodge it. They just give her agency. Yeah. Which I like. Like, yeah. there's no reason. It's not like a bad word to be a princess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no no different than being a prince or a king or whatever, right? So she serves her father till it gets to the point where she realizes that there is a greater there's a greater issue at hand, right? And the agency that they give her as a character is the, to act. She has resources, right? She's got a cool sub. She's got power. She can talk. She can walk. She can, you know, she's just not a shy wallflower.
0: I haven't really thought this through mm-hmm. um, because this is just kind of been on and the she's, fringes. dad. I see her a, like, a bit like Medea and Jason. We have got some echoes of the Medea and Jason story there because, mm-hmm. she, because in saving him, mm-hmm. um, just like Medea saved Jason, Mm -hmm. she is automatically an outcast in her own society. So she chooses to... For a limited time. Yes, yes. Um, Yes, we have a very different ending than we do with Medea and Jason, but but we see that the princess makes a choice for the guy that we know she's going to fall in love with if she isn't already. And um, by doing that, she has to leave her home Atlantis. Yeah, and betray her father. And and betrays
1: her father. Mm-hmm. And she's well. betrothed actually to Ocean Master, that yes. other guys. So that's a bad marriage, but it's just the way that the Atlantean yeah. society works and they'd be expected to do so. So already most of the shifts in the story are based on are based on there's a there's a wedding in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's a series of, of of sort of expected relationships, right? But some two women make a choice right first it's the nicole character nicole kidman's character atlanta atlanta i mean makes a a choice to um, leave an arranged marriage that Mm -hmm. gets her from the underwater world we'll call it whatever atlantis to the surface yes and then you see how that works out but then then that later activates the Mira character as well so these women are are women who are not being traditional yeah and that's very much like Mm Medea, right so the choices that they make the choices that she makes are aligned in some parallel way
0: uh there's also a very interesting moment with king orm just speaking of this this uh, betrothal and this marriage that's kind of in the background Mm -hmm. because when mira rescues aquaman Mm um he Goes after them, but he, but you can see that he's struggling with if I kill my enemy, I am also killing my love. Yeah, in that chase scene, and then when the vehicle that they're in goes into the lava, and he's all like, he thinks he's lost her and that she's dead now. Oh, he's somewhat. Oh, do conflicted. you remember that? Yeah, Because yeah, in like yeah. destroying
1: Aquaman, he's also has yeah. destroyed her. So they don't. He's, yeah. he,
0: like he's he's not the hero, but that's again something. That Ocean kind Master. of that <clears throat> kind of um dilemma is something that Yeah, it is the hero's dilemma. Is a is usually a hero's dilemma. Yeah. And and, and, and it's I okay. was and I was surprised in some ways. Um so jumping way forward in the film, um, when he when Aquaman and Mira and Ocean Master? No, 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 um uh, yeah. Okay. Have been yeah. reunited in this like center of the earth. Yes. And then he goes through, and he uh, he goes through the water waterfall, and he has to get the trident that had belonged to the king. What's his name?
1: Oh, uh, oh the,
0: yeah. the first king. The first king. Yeah, yeah it's like a. Yeah. It's
1: kind of like a almost like um, a Neri- king Narius. Yes, Narius. Yes, yes. a king Nereus. That's it. Nereus. He's a Nereus figure. Yeah. Yes. Not the actual um, I knew, name. I knew it was a Greek. Yeah. Greek name. Yeah. Um. So.
0: In doing that, and with the battle, I um, that he or the the fight that he has with the monster who's guarding the trident, mm-hmm. I actually really I fully expected that when he gets that trident that it would close off that portal and he would lose his mother and his and his newfound <laughs> love, and I was kind of surprised in some ways that he didn't because to me it would have almost been more like more of a heroic trope i guess if he had had to sacrifice something that he loves because mm-hmm. he doesn't really i mean aside from sacrificing his life on the surface he doesn't really have a big sacrifice that he has to make
1: yeah this is true uh, you know we're just getting the beginning i know i know yeah but um, we're just dealing with it i know the film. <laughs> and so, they want to set it up yeah right um yeah, you know, you would think that once the hero acquires the the item, right, the mm-hmm. object of his quest, this fetish or whatever it might be, uh, this uh, what would you call that, almost like a divine apparatus kind of deal, that um, there might be a cost to that, right, that goes along with it, and that's what you're yeah you know, what you're thinking yeah. about. Um, but yeah, and then and that would just sort of leave her. Like I'm trying to think what. Yeah, that would leave Atlanta the Nicole Kidman character, lost forever. Yeah, and it yeah.
0: wouldn't give us the nice, happy ending that right. we had. But yeah. in my mind, it would yeah. have been more mythological to have that tragedy. You know what I mean? Oh, like, just, like yeah, just, just looking at never the never-get-out-of-the-underworld
1: kind of idea. Yeah, so yeah. just
0: looking at the movie as like a single story, not yeah. thinking about what they might be setting it up of to course. come to, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I That's just what I expected in watching it was that the hero was going to have to give something. And I thought, oh, oh, he's not going to he's not going to be able to get them out of the center of the earth.
1: Mm -hmm. But
0: he was. And that and and the big scary monster that mm -hmm. had been guarding that. So you hit the nail on the head. We've got ideas of the underworld and Hades and that kind of thing, because people who get down there can't get back up. And yeah. the only way out is by getting the trident.
1: Yes.
0: And only the true king can get the, tr- you know, so we've right. got the token. Yeah, once the, he
1: overcomes the monster, the guardian, the guardian of the the trident, which is a really cool scene when you think about it, it. Was you try to huge, analyze it. I was really waiting for this big battle, right? Yeah, and it wasn't and a it big wasn't battle. And it wasn't because it was a different type of contest. Yes, Yeah.
0: yes. And only the true king yeah. can get the trident anyway, right. so...
1: Um, but... but and that's true. And it, Did you notice how they managed to achieve it? And this is something, again, that makes Aquaman different. Yes, he's an Atlantean, right? But as an Atlantean, as sort of a fusion between Atlanta and his surface. mortal father, mm-hmm. he has a metahuman ability that other Atlanteans do not have. Like Mira has this pyrokinetic capacity, he has the ability... To communicate to aquatic life, mm-hmm. so it's that singular ability that he demonstrates in that scene that allows him to overcome that monster, yes. that guardian, right?
0: And and we get hints of that in his in his backstory. So mm-hmm. we see him as a child at an aquarium, yes. communicating with the animals right. um, when <laughs> they're fleeing Atlant- at, um, Atlanta af- after the um, big pit of lava yeah. thing and they're in a whale and oh, he's yes. communicating with the whale.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of which, the Pinocchio touch was a little bit heavy handed
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: for my liking. Um, and that was a really weird, like the part where they're in the whale and he mentions Pinocchio is kind of funny and yeah. that's fine. But then they come back to it in a really weird way when they're in the Sicilian town and the little girl gives, gives her, gives me a storybook mm-hmm. about Pinocchio and I'm just like, what? Like, like in like, in what world are little children running around giving books to to complete strangers? Like it just seems so weird and heavy handed. Anyway, that was just my little, just a minor tip. Yeah, i like, you know what? That's I, weird. Like you, you should have just left it, left it sitting elegantly as his reference in the whale. We all got it. It's it was funny. It was good. And
1: coming back to it, just like wow, you know It what? overkilled it. <laughs> I, I, I I think that what you're seeing there. It's something that struck me uh, much later. And, and, and you're right. It, 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 that is, um, seems, it stuck out, didn't yeah. it? Um, and it, it, <laughs> I, I, was, I think that they may have originally intended that scene to be more of the Jonah and the whale story out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But once they saw what they were doing, they thought maybe that would be a bit too much. So they changed it.
0: But he mentions Pinocchio while they are in it, I are know. in the whale, right? Yeah. So that connection's already made.
1: It is, but I think I they just, added that.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought that that extra scene, yeah. that second scene where they come, it's just like,
1: yeah, but
0: like, no, no, we're, yeah. Anyway, okay, I clearly did not like that little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was yeah. kind of cool, cool way to survive. Uh, but know, yes,
0: so oh yeah, sorry. So coming back to talking about him communicating with the animals, yeah, he talks to the where, with 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 the whales. Yeah. yeah. So he's able to have a conversation with this monster that's that is oh. guarding the trident, yes. And that is his threshold. Yeah, guardian. the monster says, "What? You yeah. like?" There's kind of this moment where, like, what you can understand me, you're, yeah. You're you're talking. talking with me, yeah. And then that that uh, ability is then critical when they return from the center of the earth. He's got the trident. He's now riding this massive monster. Mm-hmm. And...
1: Um, yeah, it becomes an ally.
0: And he gets all of ocean life on his on sure. his side yeah. to help battle King
1: Orm. Yeah, in the rest um, of the other territories. And, and the rest of them. Yeah, because there's sort of a unification story going on in the background. Atlantis is powerful in its advance and so on, but it exists in a larger community of the ocean world. Where there are other, what they call them like the, the there's the uh, the, the realm of Citadel, of the Brine, and all this. There's these different pl- the sea, the mm-hmm. fisherman folk, uh, and there's a whole bunch of them. And Oram, who ultimately becomes Ocean Master, that's his his goal. Is he wants to acquire the allegiance of the other realms so that he can have a massive army to invade the surface world, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's really got a hate on for the surface world, but
0: the way it's set up though is very timely, right? Yeah. So there's this. So the ocean rejects all of yeah. this massive amounts of pollution that has been dumped into it, and yeah, that's and, his first and so strike. so that's how the how the the relationship between the ocean life and the surface life, and it's very on the nose because we do use waterways as our dumping grounds still oh, today. Yeah. I mean, still even in North America, which is a you know what we like to think of as a developed uh, developed country, mm-hmm. developed um, nation. So, yeah. There's there's towns where raw sewage goes in the water well, we open, still today, yes. right? Yeah. So we- so we're not like it's it, <clears throat> that was very current. It felt very current. It felt very. Like this is something sure. people genuinely care yeah. about it, it, today. It
1: an ecological tint.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was a nice little bit of you know environmentalism. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know what would happen if we had a massive tidal wave that sure. threw up all the garbage that we had thrown in the ocean. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> I thought it more poignantly for me that they also mentioned that all the surface vessels, including every warship of every nation, was also beached. Mm-hmm. So there is literally nothing in the ocean that can threaten the Atlanteans now. Yeah. So like it was not only do we dump our garbage in it and don't care. But we litter the surface of it with hostile forces mm-hmm. that are that are on their territory, right? And it seems only natural that if they were in defense of their territory, which are the oceans of the world, that they would want to get rid of all the warships and all the ships that are cluttering everything and going about and in and above and around and below. And so they do. They just sort of say, okay. They make a very ocean master or Orns first initial tactic is to make a clear. Um, demarcation between that which is the land and that which is the sea, right? By Mm -hmm. separating the two, right? And he does it. It's like garbage has been cleaned back up onto the surface. You got to deal with it. Oh, you know, land dwellers and these cool battleships that you had and everything that were like floating around and potentially dangerous for us, although not as advanced, they're no longer an issue because we're just going to spit them back on the shore and you can do Mm -hmm. whatever you like after that, Mm -hmm. right? And then he wants to set up the rest of his plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I, I liked it a lot. I thought that that, that Guardian scene, again, though, was, was um, uh, emblematic of, a, of another sort of Greco-Roman idea, and specifically around the Iliad itself, the idea that there are other means to victory other than uh, through contest of arms. Now, there's lots of fighting here, of course, as we would expect, but the means in this, in this one instance alone is by sympathy, empathy, and communication right? Mm-hmm. And not, not just because he does try to fight it at the beginning, right? But it's beyond him, right? Mm-hmm. And he very quickly realizes that. And and he is no um, uh, invulnerable character, which I kind of liked, right? Um, you know, no flashy capes or anything like that, or um, technological contrivances, blinking lights and anything. But, you know, it, it still seemed to work. Yeah, It worked, it worked quite well. And a good example of casting a good example of, of acting in the genre you know it's it, it, is, it is what it is and uh you know i didn't have a problem you know kind of connecting with some of the characters not all of them because they didn't have a lot of screen time some of them were good some were. Bad. Yeah.
0: Um, another um aspect so we we've mentioned that we've got this recognition and reunification with aquaman and his mother um queen atlanta yeah but there's also the um, recognition and reunification of the two brothers, yeah. which of course are Aquaman and King Orm, who, closer, are, yeah. who are who are half brothers who have been separated. So we're so we get that dichotomy. Uh, th- they're not twins, but we get that idea that again we see in um, like Apollo in or Hermes mythology. Or mm-hmm. um, well, I'm thinking even um, like. Heracles, for example, had a twin who eventually falls out of mythology because Heracles just takes over the entire story, right, but where you see a kind of twin brothers. Yeah. And in this case, we have kind of, we have the evil twin and the good twin, yeah, so to speak, true. right? Yeah. And, and so then we've got that, um, that recognition and reunification scene yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. And then of course, Aquaman has to make his decision. What does he do with his brother?
1: Yeah. Um, i love that yeah yeah and 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 to me it it is very much akin to apollo hermes because oram who ultimately becomes ocean master really gets everything through divine birthright he is what he is and uh he's powerful and influential and well-spoken and blah 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 and has all this uh influence uh and privilege right and then aquaman is kind of you know this weirdo fusion dude from earth and the surface who has to work into mm-hmm. this and become this character that will ultimately superimpose himself over Ouro, right? And yeah. and and literally, you know, wield this new new trident of command and power uh over his brother. And and he doesn't choose to humiliate him or um kill him. Yeah, there's a reconciliation yeah. that happen of sorts that happens. Yeah, and it's neat because you let it lo- let it draw out a little bit more, yeah. you know. And
0: of course it sets up potential for future conflict or allyship right. like where's this where will that relationship go yeah. as the story progresses right and right? right. um, is 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 orm going to kind of turn himself around and be right. a good guy or is he going to kind of stay entrenched in yeah. his bad guy and it keeps
1: so, that it keeps that um this is something we all sort of seem to be obsessed with just as of late like like game of thrones and stuff like that the intrigue around the throne court politics kind of idea in motion, right? It's not just like, "Mm, we dealt with it and he's dead or whatever. We threw him into the, what's the other place called? The rift. The rift. No, the trench. Uh, Yeah, the the trench. trench, Yeah, Yeah, we didn't do that. But yeah, yeah, so, and 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 I'm not mistaken at the Atlanta character, Nicole Kidman's character, the mother of the two, did make an appearance at the very end and suggest some sort of course of action. She said something like, perhaps he will be redeemed or something like that, right? And I was like, Okay, that's, yeah. that's all right. That works.
0: Yeah, so he's, he's imprisoned. Yeah, that's right. They took him into custody. That's basically yeah. what it's going to be. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, because as with you know any Greek play, we've got, or any good drama, really, when you think about it, because it's not limited to the Greeks by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination, we have the classic um, misunderstanding um, that leads to conflict, right? And yeah. so the misunderstanding here is that Atlanta is dead. Right. And um, uh, so um, Aquaman is angry against... Um, his brother? No, the guy who trains him, his trainer. Oh, his, the, yeah. What was that guy's name? Um, Four or something like that? I don't remember.
1: It's, it's uh, uh, Volko William Defoe's character, yes. the other okay. Atlantean. Okay. I was he was kind of Vocal, a sinister yeah. looking guy. I, was I
0: like, wasn't quite sure at yeah, first
1: where he, he was gonna like, like Grimmer worm know? tongue but kind then, of character. But yeah. that's
0: interesting too, because he he's old. he's like the Chiron, right? So yeah. he's he Chiron is the centaur who trains the Greek heroes. Yeah. And um That's what he does. And but Chiron was a centaur, right? Yeah. He wasn't the same as the hero. You know, no. he he, uh, and and centaurs, yeah. usually in Greek mythology, sure. are bad guys. Sure. Except for Chiron, right? Except for Chiron. Chiron so so, so yeah. he kind of fits that that same mold where he kind of, there's something about his look and his bearing. <laughs> and you think, oh, he's not, he's, he's in with Orm. He's yeah. not going to, you know, and then you find out, no. In fact, he is intensely loyal to Atlanta and yeah. he trained her. So, coming back to the idea of misunderstandings, we've got Aquaman who is angry and hurt that his mother is dead. Mm-hmm. And um, Volko has been training him to be a hero and has been hiding this knowledge. And he yeah, keeps promising, You can come see her, you can come see her when and, you're ready. And Mira knows too. And then, yeah. yeah. And, um, Cause they have- and you've got Orm who blames. Um, Aquaman for Atlanta's death because she was cast out and then we find out after the big battle spoiler alert (laughs) um, yes she was sacrificed to the rift or the trench rather
1: yeah
0: um, but she she survived by disguising herself like she gets into the center of the world and she disguises herself as one of these rift creatures like, like her, her armor was very
1: Yeah kind like, of yeah. her
0: armor and her outfit kind of made her she, made she her native. look
1: She went native. Made her look very yeah, it's co- that, that place in the DC world is called Skartaris. Skartaris. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's the it's it's also part of this. It is a mythological world uh that's been adopted by the DC universe, but it's also part of the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle world, like the hollow earth theory, mm-hmm, all these yeah. kind of conspiracy, right like Close kin with Atlantis and all the rest of yeah. it, right? So everybody's right into it. And so they they, they really went into the whole thing, right? And so she's well, and in it, there. It's another world inside the earth.
0: And it parallels Hades, right? It's, yeah. it's the same thing. Hades is, a, it is not just a place of. where ghosts float around, yeah. but it's a, it, it's a whole world and it's yeah. a it whole thing in, in and of itself.
1: Spiritual geography, yeah. And
0: we've got the idea that you go through... Um, you have to go past monsters, and yeah. it's you. You get in there, sure. and then you, you can't, get can't get out, out because the exit is guarded by monsters. Mm-hmm. In the case of Hades, it's Cerberus. Right. In this case, it's that monster. Yeah. Um. And and Atlanta tells us that she's been trying to get out, and she's tried to get to, to get the trident, it. and she can't do it. She's yeah. she's well, I've been trying for twenty years to get out of here, yeah. and she can't do it because she doesn't have. She's not the 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 person for it. So yeah, she's, she doesn't have the
1: skill. Yeah. So yeah. she's
0: been living there.
1: Trapped,
0: um, trapped. Yeah,
1: herself. It's almost like an Elysium. Right? Yeah, like yeah. it's cool down there, but it's not the it's not the right world for you. No. right. So she's she's alive, but in this supernatural space. Yeah. Right. And so when they do find a way into that spot, you know, for, after grabbing the magical trident or whatever, it's actually, it actually is a trident. A lot of people were complaining this "Does Aquaman have a trident?" And they're looking. Isn't that pentadent? It's a five pointed, oh. five pointed trident. They go that, and he couldn't even get that right. Well, the reason why is because that was his mother's, right? Which he mm-hmm. used. Uh, apparently, they're heirloom items. Orin had one from his yeah. father. He had one from the mother. Uh, and it's
0: it's like the it's it's, it's, like, it's like the warrior sword. Yeah, that gets, yeah, exactly.
1: They're they're you know they're also they're weapons, but they're also like Greek sceptrons, you know, like, like scepters of right. So he got that, but then when he gets the actual uh, Nereus, the Trident of Nereus, it's a it's a Trident, right? Yeah. So you would, and he even gets some cool armor. He gets like an upgrade on Nereus' armor. And, yes, he gets a nice know, upgrade. He gets an upgrade yeah. there, and I like at the little end little thing I saw. It was that I had read that in order to get the role, he had been, they filmed him doing some you know asking some questions and delivering some dialogue, get a get a feel for it, and then at the end he performed the haka mm-hmm. the new zealand islanders sort of war dance maori
0: dance yeah, yeah the
1: maori uh tribal dance that they use and uh perform even in rugby games and so on and and if you now knowing that you notice how he did that little dance move at, on top of the sub at the very end mm-hmm. that's the intro step for the haka mm-hmm. like he would just did it again like it was part of his thing And that's was, that was kind of a neat moment just to bring it back you know yeah so, re- re- really interesting but all in all, very well done, and I, I look forward to um, Aquaman two. Yeah, you know, I think it's I think that anyone else like I know that for many DC comic book fans who are familiar with Aquaman as a comic book character, always see Arthur Curry as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, citizen of Maine. Well, um, this is I hate to disappoint you, but he doesn't look like that. In this one, and I think that was a good choice. It, it it worked well with the father character. It worked well with just the whole presentation of his Polynesian ethnicity, right? Um, and and he is he himself in real in real terms is a native born Hawaiian, mm-hmm. right? So that was that was really really neat to see. I want to come back yeah to talking about the underworld. Again, for a minute. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? I like the Underworld.
0: Um, which you said was called?
1: Uh, it's called uh, scartaris.
0: Skartaris. Skartaris, yeah. Um, so that's another way that we we see, like, that story part felt really familiar because we've got the hero going through a Nekusis yes. and an Anabasis. Yes. Do you want to explain Nekusis and Anab- an- Anabasis? Anabasis?
1: Well, it was more Katabasis, right? Katabasis, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, Okay, well, just just basically, it's called Aquaman, and most of the conflict occurs in, on, around water, right? Uh, like the Odyssey, for example, right? Uh, and this this whole idea of Nacousis' heroic encounters with with water, mm-hmm. right? And the water is emblematic of death and drowning and um, life, but Ideas also... Ideas of, like,
0: baptism,
1: baptismal life, like this... Sure. Transformation. Transformation, right? yeah. Um, you know... Yeah, encounters with death, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it a harrowing in, in like, you know, more literary sense, H-A-R-R-O-W. So a dangerous transformative encounter, which in Greek you would use nekusis. Nekous is the verb for swim, yeah. right? So the hero literally swims, the trial and tribulation, it's, he swims metaphorically uh, and literally, in this case, through the waters of danger, yeah.
0: right? And like in Odysseus, we see that as their like when they're on the water. So yes. there,
1: there's the idea of the
0: connection with water, the connection with kind of this primal yeah uh, as In the underworld. primal being and that yeah. kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. So then Catabasis. uh
1: underworld, literally yes. going down, right? Um a descent into death or a descent into the underworld or into the spirit world uh and usually a one-way trip and only a very exclusive sort of uh list of of heroes are able to Achieve it, right? We'll all die, but they'll go and come back.
0: So we see this with, for example, Hercules who gets Cerberus and comes totally. back. Yeah. Um, sort of with Odysseus. I I don't like, I don't like to think of it as a catapasis because he summons the dead. He doesn't really go into yeah. Hades, but again, we, the contact with the dead and that yeah. kind of thing that we see there. Totally. Um. Mm-hmm. So I, I um, and his communication. These are really strong themes. They could be that, that, that came out in Aquaman that yes. connects with the Greek.
1: And mythology. and Aquaman's capacity to communicate with the aquatic world, and with the aquatic world's connection with the Nekusis, mm-hmm. is in in a sense a type of necromantic activity yeah. because he's speaking with a world that we do not understand and we are not a part of. It's not like I can speak to another human. Somewhere and learn it's their like language. Like communicating with ghosts, it, exactly. Yeah. So it's like a necromantic deal, and yeah. and so that capacity makes Aquaman even more um, classical in a way. Yeah. Right. Um, his capacity to uh, be Odyssean in a way, and to be a necromancer or something like that. Uh,
0: the connection um, with the Sahara. Yeah,
1: that was kind of neat. That but was yeah, that, me that was away. really
0: interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought that was kind of cool too because there's you know there's all these stories and theories about it you know yeah. at what atlantis could have been had it been a real city sure. I, I don't think it ever was yeah. um but connections with it like off the coast of egypt and
1: that kind of thing as sure. well too so um it's so, that whole lost kingdoms yeah, like regardless yeah. of where they are it's like so, oh there somewhere you know yeah it's a conspiracy everybody loves a good yarn we don't ha- they don't have to be you know totally believable like look yeah. at the places we're already talking about atlantis and the. And the rift and, and and it's called the rift. I think I'll keep it certain. No, time. it's called the trench. The you, trench. You keep That's calling the, it the rift and it so the now. Rift. I
0: keep calling it the yeah,
1: rift. It's, the trench. it's called the trench. Yeah. And the trench are the trench are the most the, the trench dwellers are the most. They're the most hostile barbaric, and, the most and, and, yeah, the most frightening and nightmarish uh, yes. um entities of the of the Atlantean sort of the Of The entire sphere. ocean, yeah. Yeah. And and their realm is dark and death and and, and very much like the underworld. And um well they're, they're, like they're like the
0: they're like the the dark and
1: dirty corner of Hades. Yeah. They're like the Tartarus of Hades. Yeah. Like Yeah. Exactly. And but yet in that darkest spot is the portal that leads into yet another whole world. Yeah. Right. And that served as the source of um uh, sucker, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, I'm trying to think like uh, of of uh, safety for mm-hmm. at least three of the heroes. First, yeah. the mother, and then Mira and Aquaman. Yeah. So right at that point of annihilation is actually the point of safety and retribution, yeah. right? Yeah. Where he we, and for a short time they were safe. There,
0: they could have, but they were trapped. But by they the same trapped. token, yeah,
1: we yeah, were trapped. But uh, yeah. yeah, they were they were they were spared uh, annihilation, right? Yeah. Which was it was uh, that was pretty interesting, and and even that idea of. Um, how they the the denizens of the abyss, um, the are tr- of denizens light. of the trench. I mean, are afraid of the light, yeah. right? So when they they use the flares to descend among, like that's in everything. Every spook and specter, ghost and goblin story that's around, from Odysseus to. Modern day, right? It's yeah. the same thing. They, the light is life. The light is, you know. Safety. Safety, right? And they are the other side of the world. Right? Yeah. They are the side of, of They're things. the dark wolves around the campfire. You got it. Yeah, yes. that's it, right? I love that idea, right? Of the glowing eyes peering in, right? Uh, you know, we're surrounded, right? In the midst of, of, of all this. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah that's it connects with
0: that primal fear of the dark that sure. many of us still have. And yeah. at the deep. Yeah
1: yeah the deep Yeah, it, it's you know there there I, I don't know what it's like hydrophobia maybe or well, there is a term where it's like yeah. a, it's the same feeling that is often hooked into by science fiction writers or horror writers like H.P. Lovecraft for example when they talk about the depths of space where if we truly knew how large everything yeah. was we would be mad we would yeah. be driven mad by it and and th- that same notion could be transferred into mankind's first attempt to grapple with how big or how vast the ocean actually is Mm -hmm. right it's like yeah we have an idea of the size of the world maybe but look at the ocean how deep is it you know even the ancient greeks themselves don't really know right
0: well we don't know like we we know more about mars than we do about the bottom of of
1: our own ocean yeah Yeah, you know that's a good point it is the undiscovered country it is the final frontier right we you you look at you know space and yeah okay it will be and thanks gene roddenberry but you know truly uh, it is a, a vast unplumbed uh, depth yeah right and with one with, with uh, unlimited resources and and but also things that frankly we don't know anything about it's not really um, I don't know I guess it's not really uh, pleasant to be challenged by those sort of things as a civilization right yeah. so that's it's a good place to put, put heroes it's a good place to put stories like that yeah because it makes it easy well it makes it easier right to have it there and it's not like walking the streets of manhattan uh, so you know or whatever gotham in a souped up car right something like yeah. that yeah but it was good i really, I really thought it was quite yeah fun.
0: yeah i definitely definitely look forward to more um i'm glad the fish people didn't really have like a big deal like they looked kind of weird and you were saying there had been a lot of talk about like what are they going to do with the fish people and kind of like thinking that they might be kind of cartoony or con- you yeah. know
1: like they didn't have a lot of screen time. Yeah they yeah. didn't have a lot
0: of screen time and I was okay with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Those were like truly fish looking people. Yeah. 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 Like an aquatic humanoid race. Yeah. Right? And yeah. where the Atlanteans were were much more just human. Humans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they could breathe underwater and they talk could withstand and pressure. And st- the, you know yeah, the pressure and swim at great speed. Yeah. Yeah. So they had certain characteristics yeah. that were that were intrinsic to their um particular race. Uh but uh yet again, you know, I keep using this word race, but the, the genesis story that their 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 cosmological story that was like, very quickly inserted into the narrative yes w- it threw you right back into ancient times yep. and they're all come from the same route like they weren't different like they are yeah. humans
0: yeah right? and then there's they get too big and too yeah. It's just, too powerful for their own good. So we see hubris, yeah, it's, right? it's just classic that, Plato. That yeah. classic, yeah. and their city collapses literally
1: collapses yeah. into the ocean. Yeah, um, and and they destroy themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the Timaeus and the the Critias of Plato. it's, and, a, it's an allegory for. For hubris, for well in that case Athenian and hubris. And their hubris, hubris is
0: around energy. Yeah, it's, right? It is. It's about the consump the, the yeah. creation and consumption of energy, like yeah. electrical energy kind of thing,
1: right? Yeah, they like, developed they clean de- energy. They developed a yeah. way to have unlimited limitless power. Right? Which is good
0: to a point. Yeah. But they take it too far. Yeah, something and, weird. Was and happening. then something and then there's yeah. like some massive cataclysm. Like, cataclysm yeah. like flash or something, yeah. you know, and that's and then that's phew, the end. That, and that goes sing. down yeah which is kind of interesting because survive. because
1: and they adapt <clears throat> it leads the, to the I,
0: there's there's a little wrinkle in there that my brain trips yeah over, i know like right? how, like, how did they survive in a yeah the whole exactly thing
1: became submerged below below the way yeah we'll yeah, overlook that yeah. for now but maybe they, they use their technology suspending somehow. disbelief absolutely but, but yeah yeah any sufficiently advanced race, uh, culture, you know, no technology would appear to be magic.
0: But right? we are fascinated in stories and mythology uh-huh. of places beyond our knowledge. That's right. And yeah. we're actually... We're beyond our time, like the yeah. antediluvian
1: world, like way yeah. back,
0: you know. And we're actually going to uh, be working for our next episode, um, tying in with the recent... Um, Discoveries, I guess, of uh, oh, more discovery science. of Ultima Thule. We're gonna revisit the solar system, and we're gonna tap into the theme of kind of lands beyond, mm-hmm. and um, talk more about some of these mythological um, places that are kind of so far beyond yeah. what the Greeks or Romans knew. That they
1: had these they myths. Be- instantly about. became yeah. mythologized. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be the yeah. next episode. Right. So, yeah, because there's a lot of weird. Places that are you know just one-offs listed here or there, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and then you're onto the whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. And 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 we do that with science as well. Uh, We we do that. Well, we see that
0: in Herodotus Mm -hmm. um, when Mm -hmm. he gets talking about lands that are beyond, what Mm -hmm. we know. But we will talk about that next episode. Mm -hmm. We don't want to spoil too much here.
1: No. Um, so we will be tackling the science. Yes, also, we we'll will be tackling be, the science. We will be and we'll use our mugsometer. meter. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then we will have some data for you on this. Um, well,
0: yeah, we'll have a little bit though. But on it's, this astrological phenomenon. No, it's not
1: astrological.
0: It's gonna take like two, like almost two years it's, for all the data to come back.
1: It's an exoplanet. Are you, this this the one that looks like two like a snowman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, we've got some interesting but, stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, there's enough that we can talk about. So mm-hmm. let's not talk about it right now, though. No, we're no, not. We're gonna spoil. Well, this is a spoiler. It shows <laughs> <laughs> a spoiler. It's a teaser. 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 Yeah. There you go.
0: All right, so Aquaman, um, very good film. Give it a try. There's a nice scene, so stick through the credits um, because then we're set up for kind of the next
1: conflict. Four out of five tridents, I'll give it. Four out of five tridents? Yeah. Yeah, four out of five tridents. Okay. Well, you know, for what I
0: don't is. watch enough movies to feel comfortable writing them because I'm not. It does I enjoyed how there was, there were lots of little mythological references, but it wasn't borrowing kind of wholesale. No. The way that that we saw, for example, with with Wonder Woman, where True. there where there's a lot of like we've got Aries and we've got like all of this really, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's just allusions to a lot of you know, mm-hmm. as as you said, a real grab bag of,
1: of mythology yeah, like in stew. there. Yeah, um, and of course, the whole myth of Atlantis is is key
0: to is it. Key. And um, and, I,
1: and I like I like how at the very very end, once well, very end, the end for now, because uh, it's a pulp serialized yeah. kind of situation where, where I you get. Aquaman, from his introduction to his end, and as you would expect, I suppose, with all heroic tales, undergoes a transformation and an amplification, a sort of a change. But at that one, I got a moment where I said, you know what, he truly is the hero for the planet because it is unified in a sense, but we are a water world, Mm -hmm. right? And and he is the king of the waves, right? Mm -hmm. So even in the comic book world, uh, the Justice League world, where he's part of a team of heroes right he is emblematic of that place that he comes from the sea as the protector of the sea he also has connections with the land like we'd expect the fusion between the two
0: and we're reminded right. of that in the, in the sahara desert scene
1: we are yeah that's that's because you know it's true. a
0: very dry place water is very important to that scene
1: yeah it is water is important to the scene <laughs> and it comes from him which <laughs> yeah. is and it provided a funny moment uh, yeah. as well but we won't ruin that but yeah so the, the what it did for me what it, it further solidified uh, the character of Aquaman, because he's is uh, in the regular comic book world, overlooked, dumped on, seen as useless, been the brunt of jokes, uh, and, and that was and so my on. perception of yeah, that. Yeah, they just like what? having not read the comics, yeah, but having right.
0: heard people talk about the comics yeah. and things. That was yeah.
1: always my perception of, of yeah, Sam. Like, well, what can he do this is, to finish? This is,
0: ho, 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 right. This, yeah, there's much more to it. It's yeah. it's, it's much bigger than that. Than yeah. than that. And even thinking back again with Greek mythology where we've got Zeus and we've got Poseidon, we've got Hades and we've got this tripartite division. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their team line. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of see that with this whole Justice League thing, right? Yes. We've got somebody rep- re- representing yes. this
1: vast world yeah. beneath us. Sure. And some things are more, con- some of them, some of their honors or some of their manifestations okay. of their powers are more recognizable like in a classical tradition, from a classical perspective and others are more complicated. But that's what we would expect with 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 heroes today, contemporary and ancient.
0: And the other thing mm-hmm. as well, um, we've talked about this again and again with with heroes because mm-hmm. it becomes recurrent at what point is, a hero a hero because of his tools or a hero is a hero because of who he is yeah. and I think in Aquaman he's very much a hero because of who he is he doesn't have like the Tony Stark kind of a massive yeah, you know if you had millions of dollars and you could Batman. create this or Batman right? right where it's really their tools and their yeah. their their rich privilege yeah. um that lets them be a hero whereas here it's who Aquaman it's his innate ability to communicate y- yeah. and he, and his superpowers are a part of him. Totally. Uh, they're not. They're not something
1: that he puts on. Right, and, and, and just look, like Bruce Wayne says when he's questioned by Flash, who has these metahuman powers, it's like, "What's your What's your superpower? What can you do?" And there's a big pause, and it's a funny moment in Justice League. And he looks at the camera and says, "I'm rich," and then the thing closes. Right. Yeah. That's all it is. Right. He's got other things going yeah. for him, but. It's not that what you spoke yeah. about, right? The idea yeah. that there's an innate quality, right? Which is good because you. I was just reading Pindar and I can have a great Pindar thing about that, but no, we're not going in about that. Okay. Yeah, that which is yeah. innate compared to that which is learned.
0: And it's like James Bond is like another totally. great example of yeah. that. Gadget like, brain. how heroic would he be if he didn't have all of his
1: tools? <laughs> yeah, I know. You never know. Could be. Okay.
0: All right, well, let's wrap it up there. All right. Um, we could probably ramble for, do, for a
1: while. Do we have anyone to thank?
0: Um, we have our Patreons to thank. Okay. Um, and we have all of the people who have been downloading our episode. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and that's that's been, you know, going quite well. I, I haven't, you know, been looking in, you know, often, but I do think we're... We, our last episode probably surprisingly had over 7,000 downloads, if I'm, yeah. if I'm not mistaken.
0: So thank you to everybody who has come and uh, visited or checked us out yeah, um, that's, that's via great. Ryan's podcast. And yeah. a big thank you to Ryan for uh, sharing our last episode. And, Jeff. and if for some reason you have missed the uh, the last episode, we were having a conversation with Jeff of the Trojan War and Ryan of the History of Ancient Greece. We were. Um, and it was back from the summer and what? We we'll have, we'll have more of those. Yeah, of those. So, those, more we more. have uh, tentative plans for some more crossover episodes in the future with uh, some of our podcasting friends. Um, so, check out all our Patreon supporters
1: in our notes. Even McMaster and Mark oh, got the Names all there. Joel Barfoot, Erica Dilworth, Stargate Pioneer from the Better Podcasting, and Jeff uh, Greg Bue. Yeah. Of course, Jeff Wright and Dan Lizote. Lizote, we probably. I'm be? not questioning either. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. and uh, you know, follow us on Twitter
0: yep yeah. um and if you want one of my limited edition i think i only have like four or five left mm-hmm. of uh lino gorgon atropaic gorgon right. uh to get your 2019 off to a nice protect pro- protective and productive productive start um just five dollars on patreon we'll get one of those we've got our antigone zine uh zine for for download if you haven't downloaded that we didn't get anybody emailing us i I some people would email us we could send them like some some custom colored Mm -hmm. and autographed i want to do i
1: want to do it again yeah Uh, i want to do another one uh and we'll collaborate on another one and and um put it on the um with another with another podcast um, another episode um yeah, well, so we'll think about what it'll be. Yeah.
0: All right. So look for more look for more of those mm-hmm. um, in the future. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Find us on Twitter at Mythtake Podcasts. Yes. Um on our blog, mythtake.blog
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Facebook, which we don't to be honest, we don't really update, but we are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: facebook.com slash mythtake.
0: Sure. And um have a great rest I'm of your day.
1: At Darren Sundstrom on Twitter. I'm
0: at Ines Allison and see you about. Good
1: night.